0: Hello, I've been Avery, or Hazel, or Kylie, you can just pick one, I don't care.
1: I am Lily, but if you- did you say you have been, instead of
0: you- were you trying to do the outro? I don't know if I said that, but at, it just- whatever. Anyway. <laughs> anyway. I- what I have been is off, falling in love. With this pie!
1: <laughs>
0: oh no <laughs> today uh welcome to from the closet we are covering uh star vs. the forces of evil season three now we are not covering what you will find on the internet as the first four episodes of this season that was in a previous episode of this podcast um titled star vs. the forces of evil the battle for muni And the reason those are separate is because they were separate when they aired on TV, and I felt that the stories were different enough that they deserved to be separate. Yeah. Um, Okay, so, um, you can join us next week for Rio and Scooby-Doo Mystery Incorporated Season 2. Uh, we will be covering Season 4 next month. Uh... Okay, so that covers, like, scheduling. Alright, you can find a link below to rent, purchase, or stream Star vs. Forces of Evil. The, the link will take you to Just Watch, which should have every single place available. Um, however, the links are focused around the U.S. If you use the Just Watch app, it will redirect you to your country. If you use the website, you will be able to change the country from the website page. Also in the description below will be a link to Anchor.fm for you to... Uh, be able to listen to the podcast on any of the other platforms that it is on, as well as links to our Instagram and Twitter, where we post whenever a new episode is published. Also in the description below is a link to our Patreon, where you, w- where you will be able to access episodes of this show early, as well as episodes of our sister, sh- of our sister show off the shelf, and vote on future episodes of this show
1: pull his formalities out of the way?
0: No, I didn't mention that this will contain spoilers. This will contain spoilers. You've been warned.
1: So I must have obviously forgot uh, what we were covering today, because it only took me up to now to pull up the episode list.
0: (laughs) Wow. That's just, you know, great. I mean, I happen to know that the first episode is titled Scent of a Hoodie, but before we uh, get into individual episodes, I do want to talk about this season overall. Um, I do think this season is still good, but this season is very disjointed. They start out telling a plot line of human versus monster, like, class differences, and like, you know, it's a whole racism thing. This has been done before, countless times, and- most of the time, it gets done better. Um, they kind of abandoned this plotline partway through to uh, push it off to season four. Uh, and instead, they told for this season, they told a story of Eclipsa and Meteora and the family dynamics and the whole cover-up with the Butterfly family. That stuff is really good. It, everything with Eclipsa and Meteora, Meteora is the best stuff this season.
1: Yeah, um, I actually remembered um, you saying that you thought the season was better than you originally thought about it.
0: Yeah, and that's mostly because I was letting... It, I hadn't rewatched the show since watching season four, and I was kind of letting season four shape my opinion of season three. However, I still don't think season three is as good as seasons one and two, because... You know, it it because of the fact that it's disjointed.
1: Yeah. In in a timeline sense, it kind of makes sense. You know, Star was trying to um, solve this problem, and then something a
0: lot more pressing got in the way. Yeah. I just think it's weird narratively. There are also some bad writing instances in this season that we will get to, particularly one that really annoys me. Um, and Lily already knows what that one is.
1: Yeah, I was the one that actually brought it up
0: first. Yeah, but it does really annoy me. Well, there's multiple things that really annoy me about the writing in this season, but mm. we'll go on. All right, so the first episode, Scent of a Hoodie. AI what? Is, eh. <laughs> yeah, it, it's it's weird. Um, I, I don't know if I have much to say about it. It introduces Lovabo, Um, And I've said this before, but basically going forward in Season 3 and Season 4, the side characters from Earth get replaced with side characters from Muni. And for the most part, they're not interesting. Lovable included. Um, the only I mean, one who really sticks around from Earth is Janna. Yeah. But, like, the only interesting side character that I, that I, in my opinion, uh, in the Muni side of things, is... Uh, my brain just crapped itself. Uh <laughs> <laughs> And now I can't remember. Tom! God, why did that take me so long? (laughs) Oh, yeah, Tom. Tom is a very interesting character. I like the dynamic between Marco and Kelly. They will ruin this in Season 4. How? Why? I'm not going to spoil what happens. Let's just say they ruin it. They have a really interesting like, romantic relationship developing here. But it's... They fuck it up so hard. Alright, so what's our next episode? <laughs> oh, um...
1: Just talking about son of the
0: Hoodie, um...
1: I... I don't really know what to say about this episode, other than it was just weird. Yeah, it was by far one of the weirdest episodes
0: of the show. Um, Rust... In pudding. Is this the one where Star starts seeing Glosserik all over the place, and then he comes back at the end? Maybe. I wait. Can I?
1: Yes. I've also found okay. a way how to um, look at the descriptions.
0: All right. Cool. So this episode is a very much plot progression. Um, Glosseric comes back, and he's only able to say Globgor.
1: Which, at the end of the season, reveals it apparently means something.
0: Yeah, it's uh, Eclipse the name of Eclipse's monster husband. Which also makes it really weird, because the first time um, Eclipsa and Glosseric meet, uh, at least that we see on screen, he's saying, like, Glopgor, Glopgor, and she says, I know. And that's just like Come a on. holy shit moment when you look back at it. Okay, foreshadowing. Yeah, <laughs> that's some really good foreshadowing there. But um, I think part of the reason why Glossaryk se- says Globgor so much and like doesn't really say anything else, uh, there was from what I heard, there was some controversy with his voice actor. He might have been replaced. I I don't really know. I. I don't know what was going on. I just know I heard about some kind of controversy. I believe that's also why at the end they said was his voice different? Oh. Yeah, I guess I, mean, I guess his
1: voice did sound a bit different.
0: Yeah, it it, it it everything's a mess. I don't know what happened. Um I don't want to look it up. I don't care.
1: So basically this was uh, The crew's replacement for his entire character for a while before they can find a better um, replacement.
0: Yeah. Um, So yeah, what's our next episode? Um, Club Snubbed. Ah, yes. This is the one where they go to the dance, and we kind of see... Tom actually um, getting some character development. He he needed some character development. He really did. Like I really appreciate um, how like the whole episode they're setting this up as if Tom's the bad guy for doing whatever it is like he's doing, and then like it it turns out that Star is just being ridiculous and not tom and of course like tom you know of course this like eventually becomes an argument but like tom doesn't know what he's doing he's just trying to do the right thing honestly
1: that is tom like later tom in a nutshell
0: yeah. And I'm going to be honest here. Just going forward, like with Tom and Star's relationship, I get that a lot of people ship this one, but Star is a terrible girlfriend.
1: <laughs> For once, I don't know. I actually, it feels weird to agree with you on this, but Tom does deserve better. Yeah.
0: And, uh, it's a lot. Um, like, for one, there's the whole awkwardness with, like, Star and Marco, where, like, well, the fact that they kiss in a later episode, that's, uh, that's something. And then Star doesn't even tell Tom about it. Marco ends up telling him. And that,
1: to my knowledge, Tom never addresses that to Star on screen. Totally seen.
0: Not in this season.
1: Ah. Yeah. Yeah, I know what that race is going.
0: <laughs> but, yeah. Um, Club Snubbed, really good episode. Love the character development for Tom. Next.
1: Stranger... Okay, that's... Yeah, that is Stranger Danger.
0: Okay. I... Have no clue what this episode is. I'm gonna need a description.
1: Uh, star meets uh, ancient queen Elipsa.
0: Ah, uh, Eclipse. Yeah. Okay. So this is where we finally get more of like Eclipse's character. I fucking love it. So um, after, like I said, e- go ahead.
1: So after the battle of Mioni, Eclipse just shows up. Just there now. Like, hey.
0: <laughs> yeah, I, um, I, I love Eclipse's character. I love the sense of mystery that's been going on ever since the battle for Muni. Because like, even Moon acknowledged uh, back then that she didn't seem evil. And uh, she's very clearly not. I still wonder
1: why they call her... No, wait, no, I already... So, they call her evil because she was in love with a monster?
0: Yeah. And they're racist. So,
1: there is something to know in how... Her spells are the most powerful in the book.
0: Uh debatable. There, I mean, there... It... It, we actually have the book now, and there are spells in there that... There is a spell in there that legitimately can blow up a universe, and that's not Eclipse's spell.
1: Wait a minute. I, I know you said that a lot, but... Is, is that only... That's never been referenced in the show, right?
0: It, it never gets references print, referenced in the show, no.
1: So that could also just be a overstatement.
0: They also just never say that eclipses are the most powerful. Mm. They just say that her magic was very strong.
1: Yeah. And before Star, wasn't she the strongest magic-wielding uh,
0: queen? She was one of the strongest in recent memory. You have to remember, this family goes back many generations. Yeah. So,
1: let's talk about the book. We haven't seen the Book of Spells since it got destroyed. Is it dead permanently, or? Yes. Well, I mean, not like it's going to matter at the end of Season 4. Hmm. Nope, definitely not. Uh, that just seems like a weird ending for the show.
0: Like maybe We're not me- here to talk about season four yet, though.
1: Yeah, and that's why I haven't said what, it, what I'm thinking about. But like, actually going through the show, based on what you've already told me, that ending just seems weird.
0: Oh, yeah, and it's going to feel weird when we watch it. Hmm. but yeah um i loved this episode love exploring eclipsa of course she gets arrested in this episode so that's no fun yeah Um, but at least it's
1: more house arrest
0: yeah i think in this episode like star actually demands that eclipsa be given a trial hey we're going back to tom again are we? Is it the demoncism one? Yes. Oh god, this one. This one got me. Like, I love the comedy in this show still. Like, it, this season is still consistently funny. Um, mm-hmm. Or actually, no, I would not say consistently funny. There were some jokes in this season that just did not land at all. And I can't name any specific instance because I watched the show yesterday.
1: So did I, actually.
0: Yeah. But I do remember there being jokes that didn't land. This episode, however, this episode had jokes that landed perfectly. I loved... uh, Like, for once, I will say I loved Ponyhead in this episode. (gasps)
1: Gasp.
0: Honestly, it was mostly how she distracted the... uh, The... Characters, I guess. The... it was like oh we're here to vote on a new color for our creepy robes the first color is maroon yay or nay
1: (laughs) i love that
0: but yeah that's funny most of the time pony head is not funny
1: yeah the creepy people in the robes
0: yeah um so yeah, Tom gets one demon taken out of him. You wouldn't expect this to come back. But it does.
1: Oh yeah, I forgot about um, how it does come back.
0: But yeah, really cool. I love that he... Uh, I, I do love that eventually he says that like, this is not worth it. Um... I can just try to be a better person without this much pain. What's our next episode?
1: Uh, what? Soft-more, sophomore Slump?
0: I can't is a Marco remember what on this, Earth this is. Episode. Oh, Sophomore Slump. Okay, uh... Yeah, this is the one where Jackie breaks up with him, isn't it? Yes. Oh uh, yeah. Um good on Jackie. Marco's kind of being a a twat in this episode. Um I mean, that's not
1: really why um Jackie broke up with Marco. It was more for Marco's sake
0: really. Yeah, but well, also her own um because like you know, if he's just staying there to make her happy, then... Oh, yeah, that Like, too. even she would be... Yeah, she'd be miserable, too. Um, I, I like
1: how she put but, it. Um, she's giving him an out.
0: Yeah. But, at the same time, Marco was being a twat.
1: I mean, he was trying. Also, uh, this is one of the, the... I know there was a reference before... But this is another reference to the six hundred and fifty dollars.
0: Yes, there, there are lo- there are loads of this ref- these references to the six hundred fifty dollars. I, I, it's a recurring joke that I find funny. I find it endearing. If you don't find it funny, it might really annoy you.
1: I just find it really funny how it's an exact number that Marco always has on him.
0: Well, like. It's a um, not only is it a running gag, but it's also a good way to tell how long um, it's also a good way to tell time progression, uh, because if you remember, he said he only gets that six hundred fifty dollars every month. So every time we see the six hundred fifty dollars, we know that one month has passed or at least one month has passed. Since the last time we saw that six hundred and fifty dollars, he is
1: terrible at saving money.
0: I mean, when you make six hundred fifty dollars a month, and you are like, how old is Marco? Fourteen um, at the start of this season, and fifteen by the end of it. I don't, I don't really think you need to be that good at saving money when you're that young. I mean,
1: I'm not good at money, but I'm not blowing $650 every month.
0: You also have to consider that he's literally staying with the Mewman royal family. So he can literally throw away that money on whatever. You know, I just got a flashback
1: of season one, episode one. where Star's family really? um, literally paid everyone around uh, them so, you know, Star can live on Earth.
0: Yeah, that was wild. But yeah. Next episode, I assume, is just, like, Marco arriving on Muni and all the complications that result from that, because Star and Tom are now dating, and Marco finding out that he's... Not actually a knight, and the cape was a meat blanket. Yes, yes, and yes. Want to talk about that? (laughs) I mean, how much is there to say,
1: really? Like, how much is there um, to say other than the stuff that you just said?
0: I mean, I do love that at the end, like, Star kind of bends the rules and allows Marco to become her squire, even though she's not a knight. She's a princess, of course, we will later learn that she's not a princess, but that's a whole different that's a whole different can of worms.
1: Trial by Squire.
0: Trial by Squire. This is the Best Buy Quest by episode. No, no, um, not
1: Best Buy. That 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 doesn't even exist. What is Best Buy?
0: Yeah, this is quest buy. Important difference there. Very important difference. Uh, So, they go to quest buy and there's like this big sale um, for pretty much a lot of stuff. But it's for a squire blowout thing where a bunch of squires buy shit for their knights, And uh, all this kind of goes to Marco's head. And he ends up buying star stuff that, like, what he thinks is best for her rather than what she would want. Yeah. Or at least trying to buy stuff like that and failing at it.
1: He failed big time.
0: I also really don't like the perspective that the other Squires had on Marco. That he didn't have to earn his position. Like... He did help save Muni. I mean, those bitches
1: just be bitches. <laughs>
0: <laughs> For real, like, mm, it, it it just it just sits with me wrong that they were never corrected. But hey, whatever. What's next? I mean,
1: should you really correct them? They're probably just going to give you another cheap insult after.
0: Yeah. Anyway,
1: next. Ooh. Princess um, Chardina.
0: Ah, yes. I love this episode. So Marco dresses up in his princess outfit again and goes back to St. Olga's reform school for wayward princesses. Which is no longer really a reform school, now it's a just a party place. And we basically get Marco try try to reveal that he's actually a dude to the other princesses, but then not Miss Haines
1: Not even a part of a royal family.
0: Yeah. And then Miss Haines shows up. More on her later. But she she then reveals that he's a dude, which he was already trying to reveal anyway. And I love the line um, that one of the girls said where she was like, he can be a princess if he wants to.
1: (laughs) Okay, that, that line really did get to me, yeah. I did like that.
0: Yeah, like, obviously that wouldn't cause them to turn on Marco. Uh, and then, of course, we get that camera phone girl coming back again. Camera phone. We also get the reveal that uh, Miss Heinous is sucking the life force out of young girls. Um, so, you know. Will
1: come, in, uh, come back later. Yeah and i only just realized how that was really important anyway
0: yeah so next star far episode oh yeah i'm going to need more info this is a weird episode not as weird as the
1: first episode we covered but this is a weird episode
0: Okay, but what is it? Wait, you don't remember? No, I I literally asked what it was and you just you just didn't say anything. Oh, I thought you knew. It's
1: the um, star goes out on the field to uh, um to understand why meme treat monsters unfairly.
0: Yeah, I it, that's too generic a description for me that she kind of does that a lot
1: she goes into the field that uh, nature uh documentary stuff
0: okay are you talking about this one episode where she goes to visit the monster expert yes okay to be a lot more s- specific because there's, there's not even an a episode good... like that The everything regarding the whole monster and mu- human racism plotline just blends together anyway she ends up firing him or her whatever and assigning buff frog cuz she tries to blow up a dam which just kind of reminds me of a uh, jet from avatar the last airbender
1: yeah though so jet wanted to kill a lot of people she just wanted to make them live on an island i mean yeah, they both and... would have um, resulted in the same thing but the intention Yet knew what he was doing.
0: Yeah. And, like, supposedly this character, whose name I can't even remember. I don't think it's important um, to remember. Yeah, like, she fucks up and blows up the dam more than she meant to. Bufffrog becomes the royal monster expert, and he's actually a monster, so it's fitting. This literally only comes back once, and it's Only for him to resign.
1: Anyway. Uh, sweet dreams. Uh, this, um, this is one of the episodes that will come back in later episodes. For me. Is this,
0: okay, I think, I believe this is the one where Star first, um, starts portaling around, or we see our first instance of it. Mm Mm-hmm. I can't remember exactly what happened, because this is a recurring thing that happened in multiple episodes, I think.
1: Yeah, this is, um... What, she was dreaming about tacos, and then there was actually
0: tacos? No, it was Goblin Dogs. Oh, shit, you're right, it was Goblin Dogs. Which is a reference to an earlier episode in a different season.
1: hmm
0: so- Might have been season two, might have been season one, I can't remember. But yeah, um, she's been sleep portaling, which is weird because she doesn't have dimensional scissors, which no one was thinking. It, it, like, I don't know if you were thinking about that when you first saw the episode. Of course I was thinking about that when I first saw the episode. But yeah, I can't really remember what the conclusion of this episode is. Um...
1: What she wanted, to, uh, she went to go talk to um, the previous queen, and just decided to follow it wherever it wants to lead.
0: Okay. Yeah. So pretty much. Yeah. Uh, okay. So yeah. Uh, the whole talk with Eclipsa, and just you know following this wherever it's going to end up leading. Because obviously, like, trying to restrain her just didn't really work that well. So. Lava Lake Beach. Okay. Uh, is this the Soul Rise episode? Yeah,
1: this is, this is, Kelly breaks up with her boyfriend.
0: Yeah. Okay, but can (laughs) I just. Wait, is that really the description?
1: I mean, it's not the whole description. And Marco yeah, questions um, his friendship with Butterf- with Star Butterfly.
0: Yeah, there, it, there's a lot to this episode. I really like this episode, too. Um, I'm sorry, before, le- uh, before you get into it, um,
1: I just want to say Lava Lake Beach sounds like a Mario 64 level.
0: I don't know, to me it sounds like a Mario Kart track. Really? Yeah. Anyway, you can continue. Yeah, the soul rise was really cool and interesting, um, but like the whole thing with uh, you know, Kelly trying to get Tad to move out and he never fucking does, and it's super annoying. The fi- like, this episode should have been the been the end of that joke, but it kept coming back. Didn't like that. Um, yeah, listen. I do like that Tad called Marco out. Um, and that was like kind of a wake up call for him. But then like also this is the start of Marco and Kelly's relationship which oh, no, I don't as I said I always like them more stupidly. Friends. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then like also Marco's birthday um happens to be the day after soul rise. So now he's either 15 or 31 depending on how you want to look at it.
1: Oh, I think I may be wrong, but I think we're gonna be uh, doing that. No, uh, we have to wait a little bit longer for that cool episode. Uh, we have the death peck.
0: Ah, uh, so this is where they're trying to get like signatures for this petition, and they try to get one from Rich Pigeon. I don't know. I didn't really like this episode that much. It was, it was just kind of a mess. Yeah, like, it's okay, but it, it's nothing to write home about. It's also not particularly bad, so... I don't know, it's just kind of there. This is another one of those episodes that's part of the monster racism plotline, which we'll is really not that interesting, did. like I said. It's really not that interesting. Like I said, these types of storylines have been done before, and pretty much... I've seen this whole plotline done better so many times.
1: Yeah, and a big part of this is also um, the central message is racism bad. Yeah. And yes, racism bad. And sure, I guess um, some stories need to be told like this because to really drive that message home, but now it's really been done to death.
0: I think it's more just the fact that it's been done better plenty of times. Uh, For
1: me, it's not just that it's been done better. It's become more of a trope now for me.
0: But yeah, what's our next episode? Um,
1: pony mo- monium,
0: ponymonium. Yeah, ponymonium. God, that's actually a little this bit. This is where to we say. meet. This is where we meet Ponyhead sisters, that's who about are it. also the who are also just as annoying and uninteresting as Ponyhead.
1: Um, I think it's reflected through the other episodes of this series, but I definitely like Ponyhead more than you. Though Ponyhead was very weird in this episode. And definitely the next episode that Ponyhead was in.
0: Yeah. Um, I, I don't know. I just, it, Pony had really annoyed me so much this episode cause she's basically treating all of her other sisters like shit. Um, and then like trying to say that they're the problem. Yeah. And then eventually the episode does this weird thing where they're trying to frame her for murder Yeah, And that just kind of comes out of nowhere.
1: Yeah, yeah. Episode, um, interesting. Anyway, um...
0: Nightlife. Yeah, I'm not sure what this is. Oh
1: my god, it's the one with that poo.
0: Okay. So, I think this is kind of a duality here... Where this is like two episodes that they kind of just feel like one episode to me. But yeah, um, Marco is going around closing portals and shit. Um, the The portals that Star is opening. He's doing the, this with Heckapoo. This is pretty much the last time that the show will pander to the people. Who ship Marco and Hekapu. Why? Anyway. Well, okay. So, I do want to talk about some controversy. I I don't know if it's fair to even call it controversy. Because I think most people disagree with this. But there are some people who um, see the... um, They see Running With Scissors, the episode where Marco first... Makes it into Heckapoo's dimension, and he spends sixteen years there. They see that because of that episode, any other relationship he has with any other character, they kind of just consider it kind of pedophilic, and that only the relationship with Heckapoo is not fucked up. And I'm like, no, like they kind of established pretty well that. Marco's memories of his time in Heccapu's dimension are very foggy, like a dream that you can only half remember. Yeah, and like, sure, he may be thirty-one. He may have the combat experience, um, which somehow never gets brought up until the episode where it gets brought up, um, which is like a good um, chunk of the, the way through the season. It, Avery. I know what you're <laughs> talking about. It's like a good about. chunk of the way... It's a good chunk of the way through the season, and we already had the rest of Season 2 and the Battle for Muni where it was not brought up. Yeah. I don't know. That just seems really weird and fishy to me. But yeah. Um, so no, I completely disagree with the people who say that only the Marco and Heckapoo relationship isn't fucked up. Um, Also, wait, how old is Hecapoo? Too old? I mean, it's kind of hard to pinpoint because we don't know when Glossaric created her. But it's probably still fucked up because, I mean, I consider it fucked up that Romulus says that he has a crush on Queen Moon Queen Moon in a later episode because he's literally known her since she was a baby. Huh. Like, that's that's fucking disgusting. I don't know how long the Magic High Commission has existed for.
1: I mean, I don't really expect better from Romulus. it's still disgusting.
0: Expecting things from Romulus will only lead in disappointment. Yeah, and at this point, the Magical High Commission consists of Glosseric, Hecapoo, Romulus, Omnitraxus Prime, Moon, and Eclipsa.
1: So, is Glosseric just that? Just now, now talking. Okay
0: yeah okay, so okay. the whole thing of closing the portals do we do we get the reveal like does hekapo finally learn that marco is um that Marco knows where these portals are coming from? yeah yeah that that is a mess.
1: In fact, they see Star in this episode.
0: Yeah, okay. And then, like, the the B part to this episode is, um... Basically, Star's side of the story, where she needs Marco for stuff, and... He's off closing her portals, and she doesn't know that. I don't really get why he never told her until... You know, the climax of the episode. But... You know, it, it it's a thing. Mm. It, I, I think these two episodes work very well together. This is probably one of the best pairs of episodes in season three.
1: Um, I want to quickly look something up. So if you can talk about something.
0: I'm actually kind of curious how um how many episodes we have left to cover.
1: Um, we're on twenty three, and
0: there are thirty eight. Oh boy! Okay, I I would like to know what our next episode is, so that I actually have something to talk Monster about. Monster bash. I I don't know what that is. My God, Eve. If- uh well the episode names don't make anything clear.
1: It It's the monster, you know, bit, bunch of monsters bash party until monsters. Oh, I
0: thought you said Monster of Ash. I said Monster Bash. <laughs> okay. So the monster party which is actually very entertaining i i think this is probably the most key element like one of the most key episodes of plot progression not for the monster racism storyline but for the eclipsa meteora storyline because like this is the
1: point heinous. like this is the point where it kind of switched
0: yeah like, where we get the reveal that Miss Haynes, a character we have followed all throughout the series, is Meteora, Eclipsa's daughter. I almost called her Meteora in an earlier, like, in a different podcast episode covering a previous season until I caught myself. Really? You can, yeah, you can actually go back and hear me say it, like... Say that like, I almost called her something else. If, if you know, you know. Yeah, um,
1: I, I I vaguely remember that actually. Yeah. Also, yeah, Monster then, Bash of course- was the one that um does not have an episode B to it. It's a full thirty uh twenty four minute.
0: Yeah, I, I I just think this episode was really good in terms of setting up Meteora kind of as the full villain of this season. It's... But yeah,
1: um... Int- the season have you ended got th- interesting. I was just wondering what episode, um, like, which episodes were full, uh, 24 minutes and which episodes were, um, uh, split in two.
0: Okay, what's our next episode?
1: Um, Stump Day.
0: Ah, yes, Stump Day, which is basically just a stand-in for Christmas. Um, also happens to fall on Star's birthday, and she doesn't really want to, uh, celebrate her birthday on Stump Day because of, like, this weird stump thing. It's also kind of funny when, um, you go back and watch the episode after seeing it the first time, and, like... Uh, you hear a line of dialogue that's like, if you're good, the stump will never visit.
1: Yeah, I remember that from... uh, Yeah, I just remember um, picking up on that the first time I watched it. Yeah. So that definitely gave me a clue on, you don't want the stump to visit. Yeah. My favorite thing about this episode
0: it's just everyone's like
1: he's real
0: (laughs) yeah that's a it's a bit of a wild one where like even star's parents didn't believe it was real and yet somehow star still did
1: no i just love how tom and the other two i forgot who they were just like bring out their um stump day merch or whatever and start begging to the stump.
0: <laughs> yeah. I mean, this is nothing more than a holiday special. What's next? Yeah, 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 yeah.
1: No, Avery, that's not the stand-in for the... Ho- uh, that's not a holiday special. This is holiday special. Which is holiday special.
0: So what is that one? I, I, oh, it's the, fucking the, the spider
1: with the top hat
0: one. Oh, the, the other side of Stump Day inside the wand, where we see the all-seeing eye interacting with everything. Which is, okay. this
1: actually yeah. is called Holiday Spell-shul.
0: Yeah. Um, so, I'm kind of on all-seeing eye's side here. Like everybody's shitting on him or it or her. I don't know. It's an eye. What's the all seeing eyes gender?
1: I don't know. It's (laughs) an eye.
0: Um, but anyway, everybody's kind of shitting on it and like, they've all got their own shit too. And they don't acknowledge it. And I don't know. They talk trash about each other and just kind of expect, that it never gets brought up kind of on all seeing eyes' side here and the fact that they try to spin it as if he's the bad guy especially you know when um spider with a top hat does it it's just it's just yikes
1: i mean i don't like this episode for a different reason it just doesn't make sense Especially, what do you mean? Especially when you consider, so these all these spells are just living in the wand, but Star and literally everyone else can, you know, perform the magic without using the wand. Yes, and why are they living
0: in the wand? Also, because Star used the wand to make those spells, like, to do those spells, so therefore they live in the wand now. Like, it's not like the fact that they live in the wand means that Star can't do the spell without it. Also, we really don't see her using magic without her wand very much. That's true. Um, We know that she, yeah, we know that she can. We just don't really see it utilized that much.
1: I think one of the biggest things I have against this episode that... Why the the this act the fact that spells live in her wand makes adds I guess it makes sense no, it adds nothing.
0: yeah, it adds nothing and I thought the into the wand episode where like you know she had to find the thing that doesn't belong that was a far more interesting journey into the wand than any of this ever was. Yeah. What's next?
1: Oh, of course. The, the Bog Beast and the Bog... Ba- Bogaba.
0: The Bog Beast of Bogaba?
1: Oh, of Bogaba, thank you. Yeah.
0: Uh, yeah, so this is stars rushing into things without thinking anything through. So her dad takes her out into the Forest of Certain Death, and we get a lot of other really fun names like that. As well. During that episode. Um, but yeah. It, basically we get the reveal that she's the bog beast of Bogaba Because she's just making a mess of everything. Blah 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 blah. That's it. It's a character development thing for Star. But I, I, I just have problems with this episode. Because River. I don't find to be that particularly entertaining of a character. He's kind of annoying.
1: I like Riffer. Anyway, let's move on. Yeah. Total Eclipse of the Moon, what was basically happening at, while the other episode was happening.
0: Total Eclipse of the Moon is a fun one. Okay. So, so, okay, for starters, the episode title is very clearly a reference to the 80s song Total Eclipse of the Heart. I don't think I've seen that one. It's a really great song. Like, I, I don't know if you'll like it because it's a love song, but like, I have, like love, at the same time
1: before it it's hit or,
0: it's, at the same time like there's hit or miss. There's a lot of really cool like music and li- like there's a lot of cool musical work going on with the song, mm. um, and also a lot of really cool vocal work. Um, I just think it's really really good. Yeah, um, um, send it to me after re- the recording. I'll li- give it a listen. Yeah, it's actually one of my top ten favorite songs of all time. Hmm. Okay. But yeah, um, so it's very clearly a reference to that, which I love, but we go to the bureaucracy of magic where um, Eclipse is basically trying to figure out well, Eclipse and Moon are trying to figure out what happened to Eclipse's daughter, and we finally get there only to have it be erased, which is Really interesting, setting up more stuff for further on. Of course, we, the audience, already know who her daughter is. But we don't know everything that happened. It's a cover-up. Yeah.
1: Isn't in this episode, they go, like, they go back down. Oh, wait. No, yeah, even in the archives... Uh, that also got erased. I forgot about that. Yeah. So what's next? Um, butterfly trap.
0: Oh crap! I don't really remember this one either.
1: It's the episode that comes right after, like right after story and plot progression to um, total eclipse of the moon.
0: Yeah, but like I need a description. Of what happened?
1: Uh, Moon and the Magical High Commission put Eclipse on uh, on trial.
0: Okay, so this is actually the trial episode. Mm -hmm. Okay, so if you remember, I did tell you in our Season 2 coverage that the Truth or Punishment box would come back.
1: Oh yeah, I believe you did. And yeah, I guess it has multiple settings.
0: <laughs> yeah, including intervention and bachelorette <laughs> uh, or bachelor party or something like that. I don't know. I, I just love that there's an intervention setting and it was like, we need to talk. <laughs> but yeah, so this episode we get the reveal that the Magic High Commission switched out Eclipse's baby with a peasant girl. I mean, holy shit
1: yeah in this meeting that the the butterfly royal butterflies from now on are are not even um they have no claim to the throne
0: they don't um although this is, there is a weird thing too where technically moon still has a seat on the magic high commission because she was a queen of muni mm-hmm Um, but obviously Eclipsa also gets a seat and that's actually how she was able to, um, get a, question, um, get a question in. Yeah. Um, and I love how they fucking marked her on, um, put a mark on the evil side for not eating babies.
1: I mean that was very um biased. Though to be fair, yeah. if I was the Magic High Commission, I would want this entire controversy out and behind me.
0: Yeah. But it also like ooh it is so juicy. Oh this I love this
1: is this episode is how I like my steak.
0: Yeah, like this episode might be the best episode in the entire season, but we can't bel- we can't linger too long on it. Um, So um, we got to keep moving this coming in Ludo. OK, so is this the episode where a package arrives at Ludo's parents house and it has Ludo's dimensional scissors in it? Yes, and also like this Dennis, is the only okay.
1: Ludo episode in the season.
0: Okay, good. I mean, we did see him earlier this season. He didn't say anything. He just kind of waved, and that was it. I can't. Um, I can't remember what the con. Yeah, I, I can't re- even remember what the context of that was. Um, okay. I just know we saw him like kind of out in space, and he waved, and that was it. Um, but yeah. God, I oh, hate
1: Ludo's parents. Wait, you said out, in, out, out of in space, right? Yeah. Oh, that might have been when um, Star was in the butterfly form.
0: Yeah, like when Marco was trying to restrain her and shit. Probably. Yeah. Anyway, did we talk about how Jana was in that episode? two, right? No, th- that's a later episode that c- where they'll go back to that and we'll eventually go to the magic dimension. Um, oh, yeah. Also, I remember Jenna was
1: in the... Um, what episode was it? It was the... Um, she was in Sophomore Slump. Uh, rest in Pudding. Um,
0: yeah, kind of.
1: Well Star was called. I mean Star her. called her a couple of times. I just loved how um M- Marco was like, What who are you calling? It's like, no one, shut up. It's like, why <laughs>
0: why do we hang out with her? <laughs> yeah. Like it Jen is it Jen is great. Um But yeah, so this episode really fucking hate Ludo's parents. Really love Dennis. Um Ludo is... Nuts. But after everything he's been through, how could you not have gone nuts? Um, I don't remember if Ludo is going to be relevant at all in Season 4. And but I yeah. just
1: simply don't know. Is another um, mystery. What's...
0: Okay... I think the wording of that makes me think that this is um, a buff frog related episode.
1: Yep. He joined the okay, season so this is the and one where... left the season promptly after.
0: Yeah. So this is the episode where a bunch of monsters just leave to another dimension. This is the episode where I say they fully abandoned the monster racism plotline to push it off to season four.
1: Okay, next episode, because we're running short on time, and uh, if I can skip that episode, the better. Nothing. Well, okay, actually, no, I, there was something. I want to talk um, about every episode, at least some. Actually, now that I think about it, there was something with, um, oh, who was it? Um, the, the demon. I If you haven't picked up, I randomly forget names. We were literally just talking about him. Tom? Tom, thank you.
0: Okay, but what episode is this?
1: No, we're still talking on Is Another Mystery.
0: Okay, my audio just cut out there. Mm-hmm.
1: Um, yeah, I don't remember. There was something with Tom in uh, Is Another Mystery.
0: Oh, yeah, there was that whole thing where, um. like, he talks about how he's dealt with Racism, too, even though he's rich. Um, Mm -hmm. Because, like, yeah, um, when people don't know who he is, when he's in an elevator, he faces the same shit. And I think that's a really good way to highlight it, that, like, even though we might put the rich up on a pedestal, they're not immune from discrimination based on things like this either like racism or sexism they're not immune from it and i do think that's important to remember even if many rich people are just complete assholes
1: okay yeah and now we're moving on from this plot line uh marco jr
0: (coughs) yeah this is weird knowing where that um Knowing what I do know now about, uh, Marco's sibling, um, but yeah, so Marco goes home to Earth to discover his mother's pregnant, um, didn't really pay attention to the invitation, didn't get a gift, tries to get a painting made, but that painting is a magical painting that changes him, um, to adjust it. And, uh, there was that whole thing of, like, there was this questionnaire that had to be filled out in order for him to change back. And, um, Marco couldn't do it. His parents very clearly didn't know him well enough. And, uh, like, there was the whole thing of, would he prefer to ride a bicycle, a tricycle, a dragon cycle, or a unicycle? I said those out of order, but I don't care. Yeah,
1: it's most definitely a dragon cycle. We see him in the heck of a yeah. dimension.
0: Yeah, of course it's the Dragon Cycle, but they don't know what a Dragon Cycle is, and they've never even seen Nachos. Um, And then there's also the reference, uh, like, when there's the age question, and Star has to fill out 16 to 35, because, I mean, not 16, 26 to 35. (laughs) What the hell? Okay, 26 to 35, and his parents are like, what? (laughs) (laughs)
1: Which is weird because I mean, Star like, wasn't even in that episode. Yes, she was.
0: No, she was in Running with Scissors.
1: Well, I mean that was a mainly a uh, Marco uh, base episode.
0: Yeah, but like she did show up. Um, yeah, like after Marco had defeated Hakupu, and she knew that he'd been in there for sixteen years. Which, you know, at the time, he was 14 when he went in, which would have made him 30. But because of the Soul Rise episode, he's now 15 or 31, depending on how you look at it. Mm -mm. But yeah, um, really interesting episode. Next.
1: Uh, (sighs) Gould.
0: Ah, hell. schooled schooled
1: returns to uh ponyhead
0: returns to saint olga's yeah and um then meteora returns to saint olga's wakes up the saint olga robot gets furious destroys it and then breaks ponyhead's horn off that that moment is just like holy shit is she dead I kind of hope so.
1: (laughs) You would say that. Though, I mean, if she dies, Star would be devastated.
0: Yeah. Like, obviously, like, I'm saying that just because I don't like Ponyhead. At the same time, probably shouldn't be killed off. (laughs) Though,
1: question. Actually, that's a question left for after the podcast. Okay.
0: All right. Um, But yeah, I don't really feel like there's much plot progression happening other than, you know, Meteora just getting the resolve to take back the throne of Muni.
1: Yeah, and now we also know what happened to Meteora. Um, We know what happened on Eclipse's side. But what happened, whatever happened to Meteora, now we know. Yeah. Uh,
0: Booth Buddies. So anyway, next. Booth Buddies. Okay. So I have mixed feelings on this episode, and it's because of an event that happens in season four. If season four did not exist, this would be a great episode. I can't talk about why until we cover season four. Weird, okay. but on its own, this and pretty much every Marco and star moment is great, but they recontextualize everything in season four, and I despise it, okay, but anyway, Alex Hirsch is in this episode, really? yeah, he voices the uh the dude who lives in the photo booth,
1: yeah. God, he voices fucking everything.
0: Yeah, I think this might actually be his only voice in this show. Mm. But, yeah, um... I do love at the end that um, we have, like... (laughs) Marco being like, Oh, I thought you were going to take nachos for a ride. And Kelly goes, Oh, ye of little faith. (laughs) (laughs) And then, like... Tom shows up, and he's like, oh, I've been off falling in love with this pie. <laughs> just fucking love it. Um, yeah, Star and Marco kiss. This is like one of two kisses in the entire show that happens between them.
1: Wow. So an episode yeah. name I'm not actually going to attempt to say, but just um, Ponyhead shuts herself Uh, away to watch the final episode of her favorite Korean drama.
0: I'm glad you picked up that it was a Korean drama and not an anime. God!
1: You know I was just reading the um, description, right?
0: Okay, well I hope you at least picked it up when watching it.
1: I didn't actually think it. I don't remember what I thought it was, but I know it I definitely didn't think it was an anime. <laughs> that, that was the last <laughs> yeah, it was thing Korean- I thought it was.
0: <laughs> yeah, Korean drama. Um, I don't remember um, how to say the name, but like they th- they actually say the name in the episode, so it's fine. But like this is Ponyhead basically just getting you know back into the swing of things, getting used to not having a horn, and then they give her a horn at the end of the episode. Kind of an alright episode pony head I guess um,
1: and of course it wasn't and I do hope they come back to this point but she didn't get a her horn didn't just magically grow back it's an artificial horn
0: yeah but I mean they kind of pretend that doesn't exist for the rest of the show oh god damn it um, yeah they kind of pretend it didn't happen <sighs> I was really hoping
1: it would get brought back up, and um, this is what happens when you hope. Disappointment.
0: Yeah, well, don't hope for much of anything in Season 4. What's next? Tough love. I am gonna need more description. Eclipse
1: and Moon bring Princess Meteora home peacefully after the Massive destruction she caused. Yeah, that didn't happen.
0: <laughs> I guess they tried to. They, they definitely um, tried to. I feel like... Okay, are we in pretty much the final stretch of episodes where it's yes. all just trying to stop Meteora? Uh, tough love, divide, and then conquer. Yeah, I... You know, I really don't think we need to... Um, We need to divide these up and talk about each one individually. They all blend together so seamlessly. Um, So, yeah, um, basically, Meteora's rampaging around, sucking out people's souls the way Toffee did. Um, We have this whole thing of, like, Marco gets trusted to fight off uh, Meteora. Uh, And this is where we get our reference to the fact that, like, he has the, you know, Extra years of combat experience fighting Hecapoo. Why this never came up before, I don't know. But yeah. um, So he puts together the Magnificent Seven. Which is just quite a name.
1: It's Um, a name, really.
0: (laughs) Yeah, he dresses up in the Princess Marco outfit again, which I'm not really convinced was necessary. But hey, Whatever. I, I I mean I it's just more evidence for me to say Marco's probably not fully cis, um. <laughs> but yeah, um, very entertaining. It it like and then you you have the whole thing of like, um, Moon some, I I forget how Moon ended up in the magic dimension.
1: I think it was I think she- when um Moon was charging up to destroy um. Fucking the big monster again. Randomly forget. Um, Meteora, Meteora, yeah, and but uh, Eclipse stopped her.
0: Yeah, and then like so. Eventually, they do finally manage to stop um, Meteora, or rather, Eclipse does by taking the wand and start casting her magic. Which, like, she's using spells that we've never heard before. Which, like, of course she is. She had her own chapter in the Book of Spells. She knows things differently. Also, importantly, she never learned to dip down. Interesting. So, when she's dipping down in this season, it's brand new. They actually outright state she never learned how to use magic without the wand. Which means she never learned how to dip down. Because that's basically... What dipping down does is, it hmm. makes it, it makes you able to use magic without the wand, and it also makes you um, it, it makes the magic that you do with the wand stronger. So yeah, wait, I don't understand.
1: Okay, we'll we'll get we'll finish this, and then we'll go to final thoughts.
0: Okay, so something that I didn't, I don't know where we missed it, um, but there was an episode where uh star eventually makes it to the dimension of magic and then she's able to basically snap back like on and off her butterfly form at will I kind of just don't like this um Dipping down very early on it felt much like the avatar state um except like we didn't really ever get a downside to it which you know that's fair enough but then we have this form that goes further and there's no downside to it. At all. Whereas, like, you could have just made it so, like, it re- it depletes stamina faster, which would make sense, because it takes a lot of effort to control six arms and fly around, but whatever. Well, I would actually, um...
1: It also might be, um, effortless for Star, because... What? What did you say? She's, like, the most powerful, um...
0: magic princess queen. In recent memory. Yeah. And it's debatable whether or not she's more powerful than Eclipsa.
1: I remember your stance but, on it.
0: Yeah. I, I, I do think she is, because I mean, Star has been able to access her butterfly form and dip down and use magic without the wand. Hmm. Um, and eclipse is kinda only just learning how to dip down in this season. Um So, but yeah, you said, and this is when
1: actually let's talk about the weird um, writing consistency with um, uh, Marco using magic.
0: Yeah, I I was that that's what I was about to bring up next. So it makes sense that Marco can use magic. I can't get into why, but there's extra lore with magic going on in season four that might be the best. Bits of Season 4, and I actually think that entire thing was just one episode, so... Anyway. um, It makes sense for Marco to be able to use magic. It does not, however, make sense for him to be able to dip down. Which, he did. His cheeks literally glowed.
1: Okay, but now, this is where I get to ask... um... So those weird things on the cheek, you said that those basically were, you know, the ability to dip down, right?
0: Well, the glowing is, like, the dipping down. So then, how are they, like, how
1: slash when are they added like because we only because we've I, always seen star with them. And
0: let's just say proxy let's say, let's just say proximity to magic has a lot to do with it.
1: Hmm. Because I've always thought it was genetics. But that's thrown out no. the window.
0: Yeah, it was never genetics. Although it it does specifically seem to be a human slash muman. Phenomenon. Hmm. Yeah. But yeah. And then. I, like I said, it's weird. I, I don't like that the butterfly form has no downside like the avatar state in Avatar does. Also, um,
1: if dipping down makes the wand. I guess dipping down also makes the wand more powerful, but. I mean, his cheeks just glue for no exact reason. Not like Stark used the. Um, that spell, while also dipping down.
0: No, she didn't. But she also has greater control over magic. Like she's experienced with using it. Yeah, and Marco isn't. And <laughs> I mean, you call it writing. The most issue. Marco's. I'm just gonna cut you off, but
1: you call it a writing issue, though. I mean, they never actually say what it is. Like what Marco's doing. So it's more like animation.
0: I mean, it still has to do with writing. Because, you know, someone had to write down that his cheeks end up glowing. Yeah. I I, I just find it really... odd. Uh, I just it, think it, that... It's a not great writing decision to have his cheeks glow I there. think
1: they just want to make this scene look visually appealing. And they wrote themselves... in drew themselves, they drew themselves into a wall. Yeah. I will admit, it look visually appealing.
0: Yeah. But, yeah, like, I, as I said, like, you know, Marco might have to dip down in order to be able to cast a spell like that, um, just because he's that inexperienced. But the fact that he's even able to dip down at all is kind of weird. Uh, because the most magic experience he's ever had has been using dimensional scissors. And yes, those are magic.
1: Well, yeah, we've obviously known those for magic. I mean, he does use dimensional scissors a lot, especially yeah. in the Heckapoo dimension.
0: <laughs> but yeah, um, I think, you know, with all of that, we're pretty much done. So, um. Yeah, another long episode. Yeah, I think this season was good. Not as good as season one. Not as good as season two. Not as good as the Battle for Muni. But still good.
1: So, um, did you look up our
0: previous ratings, or? No. Okay, we're going in blind. Yeah. So, I am gonna go first this time. I think I'm gonna give this season a 7.0. Hmm. It's better than I remembered it being. Um, And that's mostly because of Season 4 being as bad as it was. Yeah. I...
1: My rating is difficult. Because there's definitely a lot of... There's elements I didn't care about. And there's elements I really loved about this. I want to give this a higher rating it deserves... So I'm going to have to tone myself down back a bit and call it a 7.5.
0: All right. I think with all of that being said, um, you can join us next week for Rio and Scooby-Doo Mystery Incorporated Season 2. Yeah, Rio. You can join us next month for Season 4 of this show. And, um... Yeah, I... I I think that should uh, just about do it. So Uh, until next time.
1: Do you want to mention the special thing about Rio or just wait until the the episode?
0: I want to wait until the episode because you never know. Things might change. Yeah, you're right. Um, That's what I was thinking. So that's why I asked. So until next time, I've been Avery. That's been Lily. And you're never going to hear me say croissant again.